should have had a walker this morning, but you've only got a plotter. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard the old gag that there are only two certainties in life, and they are death and taxes. I'm not sure if you think that's right. Only two certainties. I think there's at least one other. We can be certain that life is going to hurt. We don't know when and we don't know how, but the sad truth is that sooner or later, in one way or another, life is going to hurt us. And there's nothing we can do to stop it. For most of us here today, I imagine that's not somewhere off in the future. It's already happened. Life has hurt you. And for us as Christians, this is a double whammy. There's not only the hurt itself, but there's also the big problem, where is God in all my pain? So when life hurts, how am I meant to cope? What should I do? What should I believe about what's happening to me? And that's where Psalm 23 is full of good things, some very good answers that we need to know. If you are struggling through a really tough time, these words are words you need to hear. And if you aren't struggling through a very tough time, these words are words you need to hear because you will be struggling sooner or later. So come with me, let's see what Psalm 23 has for us. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The key to getting the message of this psalm is discovering the truth twins that it contains. That is, truths that come in pairs. What is the first truth twin? Well, it's the fact that we need to know two things about God. The first is not very hard to find because that's how the psalm begins. The Lord 
is my shepherd. But what's the second thing we need to know about God? Well, have a look with me in the first four verses. Where are we? Well, lying down in green pastures, beside quiet waters, going along the right paths, walking through the valley. Well, we're, we're out in the open. We're outside. But what about the end of the psalm? Where are we? Well, we're sitting at a table in a house. Because the Lord who is my shepherd is also my host. I am not only his sheep, I am also his guest. Well, what does that tell us? We're just about to find out how much it tells us, but before we do that, it's a little reminder that we need to make sure we pay attention to everything the Bible tells us. Because God is too great, too glorious for just one word or one idea or one word picture to capture everything we need to know about him. We mustn't try and squeeze God into our favourite pigeonhole. So our first truth twin is two truths we need to know about God, that he is our shepherd, that he is our host. The second set of twins, a pair of truths, is about God as our shepherd or about belonging to his flock, being his sheep. What are these two truths? Have a look in verse 2. It's about lying down. He makes me lie down in green pastures, leading me beside quiet waters, refreshing my soul. Where are we at this point? Well, we're in the oasis. The green pastures, the quiet pools, a time of refreshment. So there's lying down. But then notice verse 4. Here's the second one. There's also walking. Where are we at this point? Well, we're going along the right paths, according to verse 3. And that will mean going through the canyon, the wadi, the dark valley, even though I walk through the darkest valley. This is where the predators are lurking waiting for their next meal, and their next meal is me. Well, that is very different from the quiet oasis where I am refreshed. But the dark valley is a scary place. So what comforts me? Well, the shepherd's rod and staff, they comfort me, we would 
probably call his rod his club. Why does that comfort me? Because that's what the predators are going to have to deal with. That's why the shepherd has a club, to protect me from the predators. What is it like then having the Lord as my shepherd? It means lying down and it means walking. It involves the quiet haven of the oasis and the great hazard of the canyon. I will be at peace and I will be in peril. We must not fall for the evil lie that says God will only take us to the oasis. That if we have this experience or go to this conference or join this church, we can delete the canyons from our itinerary so that we can live a life of endless bliss without any trouble or any pain in the oasis. Well, that life, that bliss, is waiting for us in the house of the Lord. But we don't get it yet, not here and now. So, we need to know that God is our shepherd and our host. Having God as our shepherd means the peace of the oasis and the peril of the canyon. The third truth twin is about having God as our host. We need to know two things about what it means for him to be our shepherd. We also need to know two things about his hospitality. What are they? Well, have a look with me. Verse 5. What's happening here? He pampers me. Look at it. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. You probably wouldn't look forward to that, but that was a mark of great honour in the Middle East. My cup overflows. This is a host whose hospitality is lavish. He holds nothing back. My cup overflows. We've already discovered in verse 1 that because he is my shepherd, I lack nothing. But that's also true because he's my host. When I get to his house, I lack nothing. And he provides all of it. He prepares a table before me. The feast I'm going to enjoy is all provided by him. The only thing I need to bring is empty hands and a big appetite. He pampers me. And the second, well, that's in verse 6. He pursues me. Our Bible translators haven't helped us here. They've put the word follow. Surely goodness and love will follow me. But the word actually means chasing. And I suppose they thought it wasn't dignified to think of God chasing somebody, so they kind of 
turned the word into a rather weak and watery substitute for chasing. But no, God pursues me. Do you know that every day of your life you are being chased, pursued by God's goodness and love? He is absolutely determined never to stop being good to us. There will never be a day on which he holds back from loving us to the max. And that does not only apply to the days when we're in the oasis. It also applies to days in the canyon. I'm always under threat from my enemies, verse 5, always being hunted by the world, the flesh and the devil, as the New Testament calls our enemies. But they will never get me and bring me down unless they can run faster than God's goodness and love. And where is he pursuing me? Where is he chasing me to? Well, look in verse 6 again. Your goodness and love will chase me all the days of my life. Where to? To the house of the Lord. So we know that God is our shepherd and our host. We know that having him as our shepherd involves both the oasis and the canyon. We know that having him as our host means that he pampers us and pursues us. Well, here's one last truth twin. I need to know two things about my life when I belong to this shepherding hosting God. It means, first of all, travelling. Come back with me to the first four verses and look at how many words it uses that talk about movement. He leads me. He guides me along the right paths even though I walk through the valley. It means travelling and also, verse 6, it means dwelling. When the travelling is over, at the end of the journey, I get to come home. My final destination is the Lord's house the new world in which his entire multinational, multicultural, multi-language family lives with him forever. These twins, travelling and dwelling, are connected in some very important ways. Both of them to do with travelling. Which takes me, first of all, to the oasis. 
Remember what we learned about the oasis? The shepherd makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Green pastures and quiet waters are meant to refresh me. But why do I need to be refreshed? Well, so that I can keep walking, keep travelling, keep going. The oasis is not my destination. It's a little preview, a sampler, to keep me heading home. The oasis is a good gift from a good shepherd. But its message is, yes, this is good, but you ain't seen nothing yet. Look homewards. Secondly, travelling takes me to the canyon. Verse 4. Canyons are places that are dark and dangerous, where we don't want to be. But they are not our destination either. Do you notice what verse 4 says? Can you see it there? Not I walk to the valley, but I walk through the darkest valley. The shepherd who brings me there will bring me through it. He won't abandon me in the canyon because he's going to bring me home. So here and now is travelling time. Up ahead, at the end, is dwelling time, when we will be at home forever. Gee, this is good, isn't it? Isn't this good? Yes, life hurts us, and that is not good. But how good is it to have God as our shepherd and our host, the shepherd who leads us, to the oasis and leads us through the canyon, the host who pampers us and pursues us. How good to be travelling with him beside me until the day when I am dwelling at home with him. So when we're finished here, oh, in another hour or two, um, and we go back to the car, off to face the hurts, waiting at home or at work or having to bear the pain I carry with me. I know now that Psalm 23 is full of good things that will help me. In fact, it's so good that it wouldn't be a bad idea to learn it off by heart, to make it easier to rub it into my wounds when life hurts me. And I hope you'll give that a go. It's only six verses. One verse a day and you'll have learned it by next Sunday. But we can't let go of Psalm 23 just yet because there's something we can teach David, who wrote this psalm, and something that he can teach us. 
And both of these have a big impact on what Psalm 23 will do to us. So what can we teach David? What could we possibly add to all of the good things he's given us in this psalm? Well, what we've got to offer David is very simple. We read verse 1 this way. The Lord Jesus is my shepherd. We know that's true because he told us, I am the good shepherd. And that has a very big impact on the way we understand Psalm 23. Let me give you two examples. In John chapter 10, which we read earlier, Jesus says twice that he lays down his life for the sheep. Now bring that back to verse 4 here in Psalm 23. I walk through the darkest valley. But the Lord Jesus has already done that. Not as the shepherd, but as the lamb, the lamb of God. And the jackals and all the other predators were waiting as he came into the canyon alone and vulnerable. And they got him. They brought him down and finished him off. Or so they thought. But as he said he would, the life he laid down, he took up again. The grave is empty. The lamb who was slaughtered is the lion who has conquered. And that is why I can walk through the darkest canyon without being terrified, because the shepherd who takes me through it is the Lord Jesus. And that is also why I'm confident of dwelling in the house of the Lord forever, because it is the Lord Jesus who will take me there. The risen Lord Jesus, who has conquered death. And as I think about such a glorious homecoming, it's not, I wish I could, it's, I know I will, because the Lord Jesus is my shepherd. Well, if that's what we can teach David, what can he teach us? This is not just one more thing to add to the list of what we've learned from Psalm 23. In many ways, this is the most important thing in this psalm. So let's have one last look. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for he is with me. No. 
That's not what it says. He, 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 and then suddenly you. When does David turn from describing God? He does this, he is that, to suddenly speaking to God. Well, it's when he gets to the canyon. Even though I walk through the darkest canyon, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. When we get to the canyon, David turns from describing God to depending on God, to trusting him, to clinging to him. Nobody wants the canyon. We'd much rather stay in the oasis, but the canyons do us a big favour. When the chips are down, when I'm really up against it, what do I need most? What matters most? Or to ask it another way, what is the best and most precious gift this psalm promises? Well, it's not the pastures and the pools and the refreshment. They're good gifts and they come from a good shepherd. It's not the home that's waiting for me with my place at the banqueting table and my overflowing cup. These are gifts from a very generous host. What matters most, better and more wonderful than even those things is this. You are with me. The best gift is he is the best gift. His presence with me, his goodness and love chasing me. If he is with me, then that's enough. But if he isn't, then all is lost. Nearly four months into World War II, long enough for the terrible darkness of war to have settled over the world. King George VI made a broadcast on Christmas Day and part of what he said was a quotation. I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be better than light and safer than a known way. And that's exactly where Psalm 23 is pointing us. That's what David learned in the canyons. Of course, I don't like it when life hurts me. Of course, I don't like the darkness and the danger in the canyons. But I know that I can put my hand into the scarred hands of my shepherd 
who has promised that his sheep will never perish, that no one can snatch us out of his hand. And I know that when he is my shepherd, he will bring me home. Yes, life will hurt us. But there's nothing that the Lord Jesus, our good shepherd, does not know about pain and wounds. I can trust him to bring me to an oasis when I'm struggling and need refreshment. I can trust him to come with me into the dark canyon and protect me with his goodness and love chasing me all the way home. Did you know that your shepherd is this good? When was the last time you thanked him for being so good to you? When was the last time you asked him to forgive you for fearing the canyon or resenting your hurts instead of turning to him and holding to him? When did you last tell him how grateful and how thrilled you are that at every step on the journey, he is with you? Well, I think before we sing our final hymn, it might be a good idea to say those things to your good shepherd right now or to say anything else that going through Psalm 23 has reminded you you need to say to him. Let's just take a moment to do that now. <laughs> 